Hello and welcome to the Swing Smarter Monthly Newsletter. This is your host, Joey Myers from HittingPerformanceLab.com. And I have the honor to have a guest on of mine who I've been on his stuff quite a bit, uh, Mr. Coach Bill Mazzullo. So welcome to the show first, Bill. Oh, thank you, Joey. Thank you for having me here. Love it. Love it. Love it. <laughs> and so one of the big reasons why I want to coach Bill on is, is Bill runs an academy, a, a decent sized academy. It's been around for a while. And I'm going to have him go into that. Just give you the little details in case you're in his general area over there in the Pennsylvania's. Um, but I wanted to have Bill on because I wanted to go in. I know I have some academy owners that follow me, and I know there's some out there maybe just starting or wanting to start their own hitting academy or baseball softball academy. And so I think Bill's knowledge of this and his school of hard knocks knowledge will be uh, invaluable in this. So uh, first, I want to start, start off, Bill. I want you to just give a little bit, give me your sales pitch on you guys' academy, what you guys do, where you guys are located, and uh, you know, kind of go from there. Sure, sure. I, I run a facility. It's known as Good Sports, and we are located in central Pennsylvania. So if you can picture Pennsylvania as a somewhat of a square looking type of state, little rectangular, and you stick your finger right in the middle of that, <laughs> that's where you would find us. And, and so we're just a, a little bit north of Penn State University. Most people have heard of that. Yep. So um, I began... Uh, in a very roundabout way. So I'm a little bit of an outsider when it comes to this whole baseball thing. Uh, so yeah, uh, I coached hockey uh, for mm -hmm. 25 years, 26 years in all honesty. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, I was too small of a guy to play baseball. So nobody wants a light hitting second baseman. <laughs> so, but what I noticed along the way was I, I, I noticed a lot of just a lot to me, just a, I'm very much a contrarian by nature. Mm -hmm. So I noticed a, a lot of information that I didn't think was good information or correct information. And then when it was uh, uh, acted upon by the player, the player sort of got a little bit of grief. And I just always sort of thought, hey, I can do that a little bit better with a little bit of a different outcome. And, mm -hmm. and uh, we've been successful in, in that regards. Everything we do is either small group or one-on-one. -on -one. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not, uh, I, I don't promote uh, travel teams or such. So it's, we just train. That mm -hmm. is what we do. So it's a little bit different in that regard. I love that. And I know, how long has it been since you started following me or any of the other ones that we'll talk about in this call? Joey, I'm trying to even figure out how, how I got there. Um, <laughs> I, well, I'm going to say it's been at least 10 years. Yeah. At right. I mean, mm -hmm. um, going right back to, to the very first book that you put out. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I think what attracted me to you and, and I get attracted to like you, these, you like these types, uh, Harry husband. types of Mavericks. Yeah. Yes. Matt Noakes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Guys that are out there saying, uh, speaking what no one else is talking about. Mm -hmm. And, and you've always heard me say, I, uh, with you, it, it was always, well, let me prove it. Mm -hmm. Let me go grab some baseballs and let's set something up formally and let's take a look at it and let's see if that's true or not. Mm -hmm. And, and I thought, wow, if a guy's going to get that deep into it, th that's the guy that I, that I want to understand. And you went to movement and I just thought, you know what, that's a piece of the puzzle that everyone 
wants to neglect and, and not knowingly, but it's just sort of like, Oh, so, and that's, I, and I, I know that's how I got to you. I don't know when that was. <laughs> I, mean, I had hair <laughs> at the time. Yeah. Well, I think that's interesting. And that was when I first did it, I, I didn't want to come from a background where I wanted to push my Fresno state background. Now, if you go on my about page, I, I do mention that, but I don't say, right. listen to me because I went to Fresno State because I know there's going to be somebody else saying, well, I played for the Blue Jays for 10 years. So I trump your four years playing a Division One college baseball. And then for that person, well, I made three all-star game appearances. And so, so it's this it's this shouting match that whoever can shout the loudest, whoever got to the top, whoever, you know, in that sense, we should be all listening to Vons and Aaron. And so, although I do agree with a lot of what they say, I think it gets misconstrued, but this idea of going out and prove it. And I think what you're saying is that a lot of the instructors out there, gurus, whatever you want to call them, uh, the guys at the top of the food chain, I guess, and the gals, that it is a dogma. They've created a system that is so much of a dogma that they can't, they can't save face and, and go opposite of what they, what they said. And I think early on when I did the swing experiments, I said, hey, I'm, I'm stumbling on this new stuff. Let's challenge it and let's do a little swing experiment and say, okay, let's see what happens if we do this and then the opposite of this and then see how the numbers roll out. And I, like you said, I always tell people, find out, do it on your own. Go, don't take my word for it. I don't want to be the bottleneck. Go do it on your own. Do you guys do different experiments and stuff like that? And you guys' thing, do you show those kids like a part of your learning process? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, and obviously uh, sprinkled with a lot of self-deprecating humor because yeah. <laughs> I mean, at the end That's what of the I day, like about you. <laughs> well, I, I don't ever want to take myself seriously. Exactly. And, and I, jokingly tell my kids this all the time it right i mean you certainly don't want to hit the way i hit yeah. <laughs> right right, <laughs> right. right. So, so let's try to get to the information i i want my kids to experiment mm -hmm. quite a bit so mm -hmm. so yes and and i would say probably the biggest fight i have um is just knocking the kids over the head a little bit gently mm -hmm. but with mm -hmm. the idea of logging uh doing experiments on their own. Um, you know, so we're always trying to that idea of, uh, of being comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And, and, and I would say I have learned far more from those kids than they have ever learned from me. Mm -hmm. So you know, I love, I love that. Yeah. And, and speaking from an Academy owner's point of view, and I know, like you said, you're not really into the travel ball teams it's more of the development side which i yeah. which i love and i think that is has to be a staple in any kind of hitting academy it can't be just about taking the parents money for and not saying they all do this but taking right. the parents money just to, to have a travel team to go out and play and things like that there there has to be a foundation to that if i'm paying as a parent 200 a month or 300 a month or 400 or whatever i mean it's i've heard some crazy amounts my kids better be getting something other than just exposure right because exposure is there's a lot of travel teams out there. So what, what would be your advice for other hitting academies? It could be a one just getting off the ground or thinking about getting off the ground, or maybe one that's, that's been going for maybe a year or two. What's your biggest advice or, or how about this? What's your advice on the biggest mistake you see some of these hitting academies making in the beginning, like top two or one biggest mistake? 
Yeah, I, I believe that I would, um, uh, at, at the end of the day, at, at, at the end of the day, I want to create a relationship with my player. Mm-hmm. And, and I want them to understand that, that I'm invested in, with what they want to do, mm-hmm. you know, to, to help them improve. And so for me, uh, uh, logging, just mm-hmm. everything is a little bit slower. Some days it is. Does that mean then that we can just go do a classroom day where we want to discuss a little bit more before we go put it into operation? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we do that. So, but I want them to see the breadcrumbs that they've laid down as they continue to, uh, to improve, to develop their skill. And, and for us, I just look and go, we need to understand how to play baseball. So what does that mean? Um, so to be prepared to do these travel things. That, that is a huge undertaking. And I have done that this summer. I have traveled um, pretty extensively to watch some high caliber players. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, I am going to say, if I saw 450 teams play, and if that's 6,000 players, 50 are phenomenal. Mm-hmm. 50 of them. 50. Mm-hmm. Everybody else, And I didn't see a bad player. Mm-hmm. And I'm being honest, I didn't see a bad player, but I saw like 5,950 guys that all looked alike. Mm. So I tell my guys every day, be uncommon. And mm. I want them to be aggressive and to stay away from passive attitudes. Mm-hmm. So I want them to be aggressive, make mistakes and being earnest, learn from them. And, you know, that's why I'm there to help guide them to say, hey, it's okay that we fell down here today. Mm-hmm. Just keep at it. Mm-hmm. So, I love that. And and I think the more, especially if 2020 has taught us anything, and the more I see almost the biggest skills that you can, we can instill in our baseball and softball players are two things. And they both start with the same letter. And I know you love this. You appreciate that is courage and critical thinking. Yeah. So it sounds like that's what you're saying. Courage Uh, and critical thinking. Yeah. Every day, every day, because one of my weaknesses, I don't know how to think well. (laughs) <laughs> well, I, I, and I'm being honest, like, I mean, I, 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 I see it, but then because I am aware of that, of that weakness, that's why I seek guys like you out. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I say, okay, you go do the lifting. Cause I'm not smart enough to understand that, but it, it's, uh, it's funny when that begins to happen because then I get like light bulb moments uh, on a pretty regular basis. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, Oh yeah. Okay. Now I get it. And then, and then the movement begins and, and something else happens and it's right. And so, uh, you know, so right now it's just, I took for granted that, that, you know, we're, so we're discussing as we get into the fall here, I, I just, again, I saw 6,000 guys. I didn't see anybody could hit a curveball. And it's like, how are we not able to hit a curveball? Right. And so I took for granted that, they did the things that I did. So mm. when we're talking visual, visual data, just actual visual data collections, mm-hmm. I find out that they're in too narrow a box. They have no idea of how the ball's moving in space and time, the control mm-hmm. of, of the space in front of them. And so, yeah, so sometimes I go, oh my goodness. So now I have to step back and that's what we are doing, uh, uh, you know, right now, the mm-hmm. planning on, you know, in the next couple of weeks to, to undergo that as a, as a major, uh, um, 
educational component, and that mm-hmm. would be your visual planning. Yeah, so. I, I love that, and and we have a, a very co-friend in Perry yes. Husband, and you know you yes. talk about seek, seeking people out smarter than you. So talk yes. a little bit about so a lot yes. of what you're talking about is in that Perry sphere, right? Yeah. So yeah. how are you guys in yeah. a, applying that? Yeah. So, so, you know, so when I talk about like, like visual planning, I will say this and, and I'm pretty sure I got this from Perry and, and so Perry is effective velocity, mm-hmm. uh, hitting as a guest for those of you, mm-hmm. uh, who are Dot com. look him up. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he has some theories, I believe very valid theories, mm-hmm. uh, tested theories. It's the hallmark of how I instruct, Um, so, but, um, when I began to use the, uh, what, what I would call right now, I I use the phrase right now, hit Mm -hmm. hard, whatever it's a, it's a mnemonic that, that Perry uses when, when stating do only one thing, you know, understand, understand location, understand shape, understand Mm -hmm. the velocity of the pitch. Mm -hmm. Now, what I'm seeing is. So when this gets combined with the idea of the visual, what is the shape that I'm mm-hmm. looking for? You know, mm-hmm. how, how should that look? Uh, what is it actually? Now, it's almost instantly guys are coming back with information. I've had kids that have never given me one good sentence of good feedback. <laughs> and now they go a little bit wider and they're saying, oh, well, I can see that the, that where that fastball is coming all the time. Mm -hmm. He said, and plus you tip off your curveball. I say, tip off my curveball. They said, yeah, you lean forward on your curve rather than pulling to the side a little bit. I love it. Yeah. And these are kids that, that good hitters, Mm -hmm. good hitters, Mm -hmm. but have always had that trouble. Mm -hmm. And, and that's the thing that I've seen with, especially, you know, and I, I deal a lot with 18, 17, 16, all the way down Mm -hmm. to, to 10 year olds, that's the bulk of, of, of who we're working. And yet they know curveballs coming and yet they still can't hit it. And that's yeah. what I saw a lot of and, mm-hmm. and such. So, um, yeah. So now when I take those components, those visual components with their background that they have and what EV is mm-hmm. all of a sudden, that's like the brick and mortar. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there are no cracks right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know that there are, I just don't know what they are yet. Mm-hmm. So now mm-hmm. we go back and now we test again. Yep. A la Joey Myers, yeah. hitting performance lab. Well, yeah, right. very seriously. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, that, that's su- super interesting. And over the last, it seems like every year there's some sort of, you talk about the aha moment and in our, in our system and we've, there's usually, it, it was used to be in the mechanic side of things. There's this aha moment. Yeah. And so we start working some, with some new stuff and, and doing that swing experimentation. And, and then we finally evolve it to a point to where it's like, this is solid. And this is the, the, it's consistent with the, the success my hitters are, are, are getting this last year, it was almost like it wasn't the physical mechanical aha moment. It was more of the, we call them hitting strategies. So we have six of them. And what it is, is I teach my hitters that there's three dimensions to hitting. There's the vertical component component. So the pitch can go up or down in the zone. There's the horizontal component, which is the depth of the pitch, right? Inside, middle, and away. And then there's the Perry husband EV dimension yeah. which is the timing or the speed of the pitch or the shape like you're talking about and people out there don't don't know what the shape what bill's talking about is the shape of the pitch the shape the pitch is taking or we could argue the shape that it's coming out of the hand or where the where the the arm slot is and all that kind of stuff um, but there's two out of i think we have about six i just added a two strike approach and it's no has nothing to do with physical 
adjustments. Like we're not choking up. We're not uh, mm -hmm. going wide with our feet and, you know, the whole, all the things that right. coaches teach. And I, and I've taught too, but I don't really do that. I, we always say that if you're going to use a two strike swing, if you're going to make those physical adjustments that you have to practice that in the cage, you can't just practice your normal swing. And then in the game, Oh, two strike adjustment, and then go straight to that. Cause you're not practicing it. So the top two that we use, so the, the two strike is what we just added recently. Uh, but the first one is adjusting verticals. We call them verticals, not launch angles. Cause you know how coaches right. love that word launch <laughs> angle, you know, some of them. Yes. <laughs> so yes. we say adjusting yes. to uh, like what Perry says, hit it back. We call it hitting back through the two, but he, he says hitting it back through that little donut that he, you know, he has that yes. marker at 10 to 15 degrees. Um, and so you're making your adjustments above and below. So if you hit a ground ball, you know, trying to hit a fly ball next time, if you hit a fly ball, trying to hit a ground ball next time, trying to get it to go right back through. Right. So that's number one. And then number two is our middle away, middle up or mi middle away, middle in, middle up, middle down approach where we're adjusting our barrel path to middle away, middle down, which is very, very similar, but it's different than middle in, middle up. And those two alone, I, I tell my hitters, I said, I was a 250 career hitter in, co in college. Those two alone have nothing to do with mechanics, but those two alone, those two hitting strategies, I, I would have hit hundred points higher for sure. In my career, I would hit 350 in at Fresno State, you know, my career doing that. Do you guys do? So you're talking about these hitting strategies. Yeah. What, what, yeah. what are some things you guys do to practice that? Yeah, well, so so number number one, I, I would say outside of of and I look at younger kids a little bit different than I look at right. 12 year olds and a little bit older. So there's a different way that, that we would approach them. Mm -hmm. um, so first thing I want them to do is just be able to hit it hard and hit it far. Mm -hmm. So I mm -hmm. really don't get locked into a whole lot of mechanical work. Mm -hmm. So there's always time towards that. Right. So uh, the very first thing that that we'll do is we'll set targets mm -hmm. so that we can get feedback. Mm -hmm. And it's the one thing in uh, baseball that I think is lacking is that that mm -hmm. is the understanding of how do I obtain feedback. Mm -hmm. And so with the kids, we always use um, Every kid has a bucket. Coach has a bucket everywhere, and the coach goes crazy at some point when everybody's shooting basketballs. You're right. <laughs> right. So one day, one day I was watching that, and it sort of struck me. It's like you know, and yet here they are playing like this random game with their buddy as they're trying yeah. to put bucket, uh, balls yeah. back in the bucket. And it was like that's the feedback that I, that I want you to understand. Mm -hmm. And so now we have very distinct targets. So that if I were to ask them, what are you trying to do? What are you mm -hmm. trying to hit? If you're going to hit that target with the ball off the barrel of your bat, what does it look like? So, and, and again, this goes back to Perry. And I would say the use of imagination, mm -hmm. uh, understanding what it, type of swing gives you that it's amazing what the brain will do. Mm -hmm. And it just brings them to that. So, so we're always getting feedback based on what their intended goal was. And it's pretty, when, when it's used over and over, mm -hmm. it's pretty easy to see when they're using their mnemonic, when they're using hit hard or right now, and when they're not, mm -hmm. because we're, you know, I think most ball players think, uh, to me, the fallacy is the foul ball that's straight back and everybody says, oh, you're right on it. Mm -hmm. And that is the furthest thing from the truth. And we'll measure that out in order for that ball to go directly back. Mm -hmm. That means I'm like probably on my back hip 
and maybe a little underneath it. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, and there are my hands, where are my hands, Joe? And mm -hmm. I'm thinking I'm like a foot, 18 inches out in front of me. Mm -hmm. Well, when I do that and I show them that, and I just mark that with the baseball, it's anywhere from 33 to 36 inches off. Right. That is a bundle of distance in speed. Mm -hmm. They're not close. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. So what I need to need for them to understand is some of the stuff they've heard all along isn't really true. Mm -hmm. And for baseball players, they want to make small incremental adjustments. And so I always tell them when I was, I always tell them the story when I was younger, my dad would come home from work and I would have beat him home 10 minutes from school. And I always had my, my eight track cassette player on. So, <laughs> so I'm not, I don't want to date myself. So, <laughs> I had one but too. I have, yeah. Hey, I have it. I'd have it at eight. My dad would come to the bed, uh, back to the bedroom. He'd say, Hey, can you turn that down? I'd take it to seven. And he'd come back about 10 minutes later and turn it down before and say, yeah. I thought I asked you to turn that down. And, right. and, and I said, well, I did. Well, not enough. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think, I, right. And getting the kids to understand how big are the adjustments, how big, and, and we talked about this and you and I, and, and Perry, we talked about this, like when that barrel enters to when that barrel exits, it's mm -hmm. typically six miles, uh, a mile an hour of velocity mm -hmm. uh, that the barrel stays in the strike zone and, and before it enters and out. And if that pitcher can beat that mm -hmm. plus or minus faster mm -hmm. or slower from pitch to pitch, mm -hmm. five, six, seven mile an hour, we're going to struggle all day long at the mm -hmm. plate. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I think overall, that's what, what that's number one, especially with my older guys that, that I try to get them to understand. And then and only then, yeah, because when I become efficient, if I change one thing, I change everything. Mm -hmm. um, now the efficiency starts to work for me. Mm -hmm. So, um, but just, yeah, so that that's probably number one for us is just getting on time. That's, you know, so what would I tell a, a, a beginning, uh, a beginning uh, instructor or, or, or a, uh, only a year in, get your kids a quick win. And the, mm -hmm. and the biggest way I can tell you is, is off the fingertips, right? As they're hitting it now, uh, hit hard, hit now, whatever two positive, strong words that they are to a target. Mm -hmm. And and, and, and when yeah. you say right now, so that yeah. for those that don't know Perry stuff, what, what Bill's saying is, like you said, out of the fingertips, the hitter says, starts just saying, right. Mm -hmm. And then now is that contact. So they're actually visual or they're, mouthing saying that word right now so it, it gives a like you like bill said a measurement of that yeah third dimension of, of the pitch yeah yeah I, and and i want my guys to dance a lot mm -hmm. i i mean they they joke about it we laugh about it but yet at the end of the day there's rhythm there's tempo um that occurs and it's part of what i want them to take in and i think maybe in this day and age I think that's been lost to a degree, not because it was intended or, or it's, it's stupid idea or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's just that I think the lack of free play mm -hmm. is no longer mm -hmm. there uh, where kids would get together for five, six hours every day with no adults around and mm -hmm. they're being allowed to experiment and, and to try different things. And none of that happens or at least it doesn't happen to the degree it used to for a lot of societal reasons mm -hmm. and so then i think a little bit what happens everything's organized and a lot of instruction is is just 
maybe ill-used words, ill-advised words. Uh, Mechanized, internal, yeah. like too, too, yes. too machine-like. Yeah, yeah. So that when, when the concept of hitting a curve, I'll go back to that, the concept of hitting a curve is uh, look for the rotation. Well, look, <laughs> I, I, I think the, all those answers were, were, oh, you know, I sort of noticed that. Oh, yeah, let's look for rotation. Mm -hmm. And now we're so focused in tight on trying to see what the ball is. We have no context <laughs> of where the ball is in space and time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and so a whole bunch of things go on there. But yeah, well, that's just an idea of it for me, well, for me. Well, and that's, you know, you said that that's one of the cues that I remember getting thrown around for the curveball hitting it. And then the other yeah. thing was staying inside it and keep your hands mm -hmm. inside the curveball. And, and there were just things that once, once I, it dawned on me that there is a, a, a different barrel path middle in versus middle away it dawned on me that staying inside it wasn't very effective at the curveball that was coming say righty righty that was coming at yeah. the hitter and then breaking into yeah. the middle of the plate like if you stood inside stayed inside that thing if you hit it it's not going to be hit very hard so if you watch the trouts and the guys that just smash these things you'll see that barrel instead of dumping in the zone early you'll see it carry high a little bit longer and will dump in later so what they're doing and bonds was probably one of the best at this yeah. It, yeah. many out there remember watching bonds hitting bombs into the into the bay at fastballs that were up almost seemed like it was going to hit his elbow guard or his arm guard big old giant bionic thing he had on and he was able to get to it at 95 up up and in and same thing with the curveballs, lefty curveballs coming at him, and he was just he just spun right on him. And it's not so much the rotation of Bonds's body as more of it's more of where his barrel path was to that that curveball. So there, like you said, that, that's one of our strategies too. That's the third strategy we have. We have the adjusting verticals, adjusting horizontals, and then curveballs. So we hunt specific curveballs in zones. And like you said, the the younger the player little different approach, right? You don't want to get too detailed yeah. and those nope. pitchers aren't as good with their command and things like that. But when they get into 12, 12, uh, 12 year old, that sixth grade year, those pitchers start getting pretty good. They, they have a pretty good handle of that 46 foot dis distance yeah. there, you know, or 50 feet, whatever, whatever pony leagues yeah. and stuff like that. And so they start to get a little bit more command until that mound backs up a little bit. And then you see like about a, a year or two where they struggle, you know, but that curveball approach, I completely agree with you because what's funny is that I have one of my hitters right now who it's going to be so unfair because he's got one more year at little league and he's, he's somewhat of a big kid. He's um taller kid you know but i mean he's come a long way in a year he's worked really his butt off and now we we got his mechanics took about six to eight months during this 2020 year got his mechanics to a good spot to where everything's pretty pretty effective now i mean he's we're still working on stuff from time to time but we really got the focus on the strategies and ideally in little league what happens is pitchers will try and get you out with the fastball and they might move it in and out. Most of the time it's away and down and stuff like that. But the faster pitchers will come in. And if you can't hit it, then you keep throwing it. And so this particular hitter smashes it. And because we've equipped them with the curveball approach, the next logical step for these pitchers is to go curveball, right? And, and you because they're used to, like you said, 6,000 players, four or 500 teams you're watching and you're seeing a struggle with the curveball because all they got to do is throw it. It doesn't matter where the curveball is at in the league. It's effective because the hitters have never seen it before or they don't have a good approach like you're talking about. And they swing and miss, swing and miss. Well, what happens when that pitcher sees a hitter who actually has a curveball approach and then he starts smashing the curveball? <laughs> and yeah. it's like they don't, the coaches, the players, right. they don't know what to do. Yeah. 
It, it's, it's called intentional. <laughs> <laughs> right. Put him on. <laughs> Put him on. Yeah, they start throwing around yeah. the zone, hoping he's going to go outside the zone. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and that's what I think that's the aspect that's been lost a little bit mm. with with the lack of free play. Yeah. And so to reintroduce some of these concepts and am I the guy for that? Not to demonstrate it. Right? <laughs> Unless you're hitting a hockey puck. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Even then I'm not the guy to demonstrate it. And, but, but that's just as important too, Joey is, is, is that it's, it's modeled correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, because I mean, Oh heck, I just remember playing as a kid and and you took your favorite team and you knew how every kid on that team hit and mm-hmm. you hit left-handed and you hit right-handed and you, and you looked like Willie Stargell on this one. And it was Roberto on that one and David yep. Cash on this one. Mm-hmm. And, um, and yet, you know, it, it's almost, um, um, Oh, the Ripken boy, uh, Cal oh, Billy. Ripken. Oh, Cal uh, I'm thinking yeah. Cal. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm thinking mm-hmm. Cal. I'm thinking, mm-hmm. uh, Edgar Martinez, mm-hmm. they might have had 15 or 20 different stances in the course of a year. Yeah. Yeah. And yet we're telling guys, you know, oh, you can't ever change. And it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, you need to change. Yeah. So, so yeah. there's an evolving that has to happen. And, and yeah. And so when you begin to, un- when you begin to know what the pitcher is going to do before he does, <laughs> and it's still not easy to hit, uh-huh. but boy, it, it becomes a little easier in, and that's when you have guys that people are looking at going, wow, that guy knows what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. And, we, yeah. We say hitting, hitting isn't easy, but we can make it easier. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 uh, before, before I let you go here, cause I'm yeah. be respectful of your time. Uh, you say the free play and it's funny you say that cause we, we started, we went a little independent with my son's baseball team this year. We went away from the league cause I, I felt they didn't handle the, the whole 2020 thing very well. So mm-hmm. I took our team, we had about Four, well, we had about eight or nine that decided to, to stay with us. And then we added about four or five. So we had about 14, 15 hitters. So what we did when the season was done and, and we got a few games, we played our, ourselves more than we, we played a little bit more sandlot than anything. But I told the parents is probably what was going to happen just because you had teams still in leagues and it was going to be hard to put games together and all that kind of stuff. And to tell you the truth, we weren't ready for tournament play. We had some guys that are, uh, they were pretty rough around the edges. But what we elected to do is even when the season was done, we just ramped down how many practices we had during the week. We went from three down to two and then down to one during the summer. And what I did during the summer was we switched our practices to the morning. So it was cooler because it gets super hot here. Mm -hmm. And what we did was we did some street wiffle ball. We just yeah. introduced and, yeah. and we played games like we had the other team would be fielding and we they'd have to throw to the base like normal baseball. So we get to learn some rules there that we couldn't accomplish in a smaller area. Right. Because we're just playing between two gutters. Right. We got the other side and and, yeah, <laughs> yeah. and then we got I the plate it. on the sidewalk yeah. and then we got our little yeah. uh, or uh, what are they pink bases out, you know, orange bases yeah. out and stuff. And, yeah. and then we did some we did some two strike innings we would do a normal inning where you know they had their zero zero and then we had an o2 inning where they had to swing because i think they were getting a little bit too passive so we do yeah. two strike and then at the end the last uh, that we were supposed to have one this week but i cancel it because our school start next week but we we started to do home run derby the last probably three or four weeks and we just had them out we carved them into two teams we we set up our thing just things that you and i did as kids as kids growing up yeah. just in the streets playing ball you know that free play 
Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, it's so important because they're getting, and for me, they're getting so much feedback mm. that's not coming from an authoritative uh, figurehead or right. such, or however they're perceiving it. Yep. And, and Joey, I'll, I'll, you know, throw this out there as well. Mm -hmm. um, typically most of the issues that I really see with my kids and, and not through and through, but I'd say an overwhelming majority mm -hmm. come from kids who are trying to perform for their parents uh -huh. come from kids who they are tying their love for them mm. into their success at the plate. Right. And, you know, and that, that's, I don't want that. Breaks my heart. Yeah. 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 And yeah. so, yeah. And so sometimes that becomes a process where, where we're just, you know, a lot of times I'll have to rip kids all the way back down to the ground. We'll go backwards before mm. we go forward. Mm -hmm. But once we go forward and they've got a good feeling and a good understanding and they're playing the game because it's their game and mm -hmm. not my game, mm -hmm. they're far better off for it. So. I love that. That's great advice. Yeah. And that's, that's great for coaches, instructors, academy owners to look out for, and especially academy owners because they're, they have so many kids in their system and that's the thing, right? Coaches generally have a team or two that they're, they're coaching. So they're, depending on what level they're at, it could be 15 kids, could be 30 kids, right? But you right. got the academy owners that ha can have hundreds of kids. And so they can, they're in a position that where they can affect a lot of, a lot of kids. So it's good for them to know that. So thank yeah. you for, yeah. for uh, sharing that. Uh, so, all right, Bill, what, where yeah. can people find you? If they want to get more information, <laughs> where can they find you? Oh, I would just say, go over to the Facebook. If, if you have it, if you believe in it, uh, it's uh, TUE Good Sports. I don't know anything about the the websites or anything like that. So I don't do that. But if you get over there to, it stands for the ultimate edge, T-U-E, -T good sports. Mm -hmm. uh, and then there's also better ball player. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so that's where we typically do some of our virtual stuff. So that's Very where cool. you and I meet. Yes. Yeah, yep, yep, exactly. <laughs> and and any, yeah. any kind yes. of new things on the horizon for you that you're putting together, any kind of virtual summits or? Um, I have one coming up here at the end of August and it's actually on crushing the curve. So that's why oh, good. it was topical in the top of my head there yeah. uh, for, for that one. But uh, yeah, so, so that, that is foremost on what we're doing. Uh, we're prepping for, for the fall here as, as we get into it. And uh, yeah, but that's, that's the big, the biggest item on the list. So very cool. Yeah. Well, all right, Bill. Well, thanks for, Thanks for your time here today. And we'll have to do a take two at some point, I'm sure. Oh, absolutely. Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Hope I didn't put too many people to sleep. God <laughs> bless you. Bless you, Joey. Thank All you. Right.